Grace, mercy, and peace be unto you from God our Father and our Lord and Savior Jesus Christ. Amen. Our text today, Luke 16. A servant cannot serve two masters. He will either hate the first and love the second, or he will be devoted to the first and despise the second. You cannot serve both God and wealth. Dear friends, of Christ, uh, dear friends of Christ, today we consider the steward of the shrewd manager, and it's one of the most more difficult parables that Jesus told. Uh, last week's parable, for example, the parable of the lost sheep. You know, we get it. A sheep gets lost, you go find it. It's it's simple, right? And and we get that. It makes sense. But the parable of the shrewd manager, it kind of makes us scratch our head a little bit. It starts out and it discusses money right off the bat. We feel uneasy. And we think, ah, oh, maybe I should have skipped church today. Um, you know, it's one of those things uh, when we talk about money uh, that, that we get uncomfortable. But there's nothing wrong with money. So we need to start with that. Money's not evil. It's silver. It's gold. It's, it's precious metals and paper. That's all money is. Um, all of our money, in fact, comes from God. And money that comes from God is a blessing. And so it's a blessing to have money. Money isn't evil. Uh, like I said, it's the attitude toward the money that's the bad part. It's how we feel about our money, where things get dicey. And, of course, uh, Timothy writes, or Paul writes to Timothy, he says, the love of money, the love of money, loving money, the attitude about money is the root of all evil. If you love your stuff, and you love anything more than you love God, God has an issue with that, and you're going to have problems. And we, we could say it this way. We call it idolatry. We could say idolatry is evil. We could say greed is evil. Greed is a sin. We could say coveting, wanting what's not yours because you can't afford it. Coveting is evil, and coveting is a sin. But, man, but money, all by itself, viewed properly and managed rightly, it's a blessing, always a blessing from God. So money's not a curse. The Bible makes that clear. It's, it's filled with, matter of fact, the Bible's filled with all kinds of rich, wealthy people in the Bible. And in fact, if you look at the early church, there were many people that made that early church work because they were wealthy. They bankrolled the early mission of the church. They understood their role. They understood their wealth. They understood the gift to give. And then you have Abraham. Abraham was an incredibly wealthy man, a godly man. You had King David. He was an incredibly wealthy man, a godly man. And, of course, a powerful man being a king. You had Job, an incredibly wealthy man, and yet a godly man. Um, so the Bible's filled with them. Uh, the Bible calls David, describes David this way. God spoke favorably about David, and he said, I found that David is a man after my own heart. So we need to stress over and over again that money's not the problem. Rich people aren't the problem. It's the attitude. And you can be poor and have an attitude problem. You can be wealthy and have an attitude problem. Money's not the problem. So what kind of steward are you? What kind of manager? Um, where's your heart at? Because if you have this wrong, it has a power, with, and you have greed and coveting and idolatry, it has a power to destroy your saving faith. Money has a power to draw you away from God and how you feel about your stuff. Um, so our parable talks about how to use your money wisely, shrewdly, right? That's the language that's used. Prudently, wisely, shrewdly. And of course, all for the use of God's kingdom. 
as well as for your own lives. Shrewd managers. Shrewd managers, that's our theme. As we open up our Bible this morning, we see that shrewd manager, right? And he's in trouble because he had been not managing his master's funds wisely. And he got caught. He got caught being lazy. He got caught squandering. And, uh, of course, what would, call, what would we call that if you take your, something that's not yours and you squander it away? What would you call that? Now, dishonest. Dishonesty. But what else would you call it when you take somebody else's money and, and don't care about it and you, and you lose it for them? Um, stealing, right? The sin of stealing. So, at the very least, dishonesty. At the greatest, he's just a just a thief and should spend time in jail. And of course, now he's this, this wicked, this dishonest guy uh, is worried about losing his job. Well, it's too late. He lost his job. Deservedly so. He should have been fired. He was fired. Uh, but this bad money manager becomes a shrewd money manager. And this bad guy does good things. He gets commended for it. Uh, the money manager, this dishonest guy, makes a bold decision. He's going to go out and he's going to find all the debtors of his master and he's going to discount everything. So he goes out to all the people who owe his master money and offers them deals, right? Um, he gave the, 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 the people generous discounts, you know, 50% here and 25% there and 10%. Um, According to their ability to pay, he knocked off their debt, and he went out collecting, and it was, it was shrewd, but it was also risky, because what if his manager had decided he wouldn't take the deals? What if his manager decided that he was going to reject all those deals that he'd made? What would have happened then? Well, the guy would be in jail. So here we have a risky move, but, but the boss doesn't reject them. In fact, the boss, uh, you know, he agrees with it. Put money in his pockets. It made the boss happy. And so the boss's, uh, boss's pockets filled. He, he uh, praised the manager for being shrewd because what happened is all the other businessmen in town, the, the, money, the, ma- the, the owner, the master had money in his pockets and all the business people in town were pleased because they didn't have any debts anymore. And so all the people, he went away looking like a hero. He made the master money, and the people were without debt. Everybody praised him, including, including the boss, including the master. This is where we come in, because we're managers too. We're managers of all that God has given us. We're stewards of all of God's creation. I mean, everything. You know, whether it's our children, it doesn't matter. Everything that you deal with is time, money. We call it the four T's of stewardship. Do you know the four T's of stewardship? Time, treasure, talents, and temple, right? My time, what I do, uh, my, my treasures, uh, my stuff, uh, my temple, my body, and my talents, the gifts that I have to serve the Lord. And these are we consider to be our own. It's my body, right? It's my body. And what I do with my body is my choice. That's what we say. That's, that's what, you know, my body, my choice. I can do what I want. No. And when we say, it's my time. I can do with my body, with my time, what I want to do. My body, my time, 
and my talents. I can take my body and my time and, and do what I want with my, my own talents. They're my talents. I can take my body, my time, and my talents to make my money. Because it's my money, and that's our attitude, right? It's my money, my ta- temple, my talents to make my treasure. And what we call ours really isn't ours at all. What we call ours is really belongs to God and he loans us to us, right? We, we have, a, money, we have a, a master, and that's what Lord means. We have a Lord, a master, who watches over us and holds us accountable for all that we have and how we, how we manage. And so here, God's going to not only hold us accountable for that, the steward in our parable helps us evaluate all that, right? How do we manage our stuff? No, 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 no. Let me, let me word that, we word that properly. How do we manage God's stuff? How do we manage the things that belong to God? You get it, right? I mean, it's not difficult. So um, how, do you put, how do you manage what God has given you and put it back into God's hands for his use? Well, and there's, there's true that stewardship is more than just money here in our text it is all about money i mean so let's let's focus on that yeah because god does give us uh you know uh management of our families uh, management of our jobs management of how we live in the community there's all of that management too, stewardship too but here again in this parable it's focusing clearly on money so what kind of money manager what kind of money manager are you for the Lord? What's your attitude to all that? Is your money working for you and for the Lord? Or is your money working you? And you say, i got to work just to make ends meet. I have such incredible debt, I've not managed well. I wake up in the morning and I've got a huge debt. I work all day to pay that debt. And I pay to my creditors all that I can. And at the end of the day, there's nothing left. You know, what kind of, are you a slave to money? Or is money your slave and you control your money? What kind of steward are you? You know, it's not unusual for the average American to have a credit card debt that's just gigantic. And, you know, it's, it's kind of a sad deal, but just on credit card debt alone, uh, we Christians aren't being wise stewards. When money is our master, that's not just a financial problem, that's a faith problem. When we let money, because it's called greed, we bought more than we should. Our eyes were bigger than our stomach. You know, our appetite bigger than our stomach. You said, I want this, you couldn't afford it, so you take out the plastic card and you say, well, I can make this happen. I can have what I can't afford. I can have what I can't pay for. And if you don't pay for it, what's it called? Stealing. That's right. And you say, well, I'll get it, I'll get it paid off. And we have every good intent to pay it off. It's not that borrowing is evil, it's the intent of what kind of steward are you? Are you able to pay off the debt that you've accrued? 
And of course, is it, is it wise to be paying off so much money in interest when you don't even have enough money then, you know, to help the Lord? If you have a problem with all that, Dave Ramsey, I don't know if you've ever heard of him, he's a Christian counselor in money management, uh, take his class. Um, it's about $125. I think you can even do it online anymore. And you'll learn a whole lot about how to get yourself out of debt, how to be the kind of uh, financially free. It's called financial freedom. And every Christian should be financially free, uh, learning how to do that, striving to be financially free. Um, But at the heart of money management, at the heart of all of that, is the portion we give back to God, right? Because there's that too. Um, And as we we, uh, are managers of the things that God possesses us, what do we give back to the Lord out of our love? What do we give back to the Lord out of our thankfulness? Um, It's not the amount that matters. The amount doesn't matter. People say 10%. Well, okay. They paid 10% in the Old Testament. That was the thing to do in the Old Testament. What's the New Testament standard? Give cheerfully, give sacrificially. And give proportionately and give off the first fruits, right? Right off the top. Give before, don't give God the leftovers. So cheerfully, don't give God the leftovers. Give by faith, right? And, and let's take two people. Two people uh, drop $5 in the, in the offering plate as it passes by. It's not the same. One of them's Warren Buffett, the other's a 12-year-old. Not identical, right? The gift is not the same. And again, so what does God ask? He, takes, he asks that we take a percentage of all that, right? And what is a percentage of what Warren Buffett makes? What's a sacrifice for Warren Buffett is, is a whole completely different sacrifice of what that little 12-year-old is going to give. $5 gift from that 12-year-old probably is a sacrifice, right? Using the language of the Bible, we might call it first fruits or off-the-top giving, uh, percentage giving, um, first fruits to Jesus. You know, my fellow money managers, most of you know your annual income. You know what you make. And if you don't, you probably ought to, you know, Look at your last income statement uh, uh, in your taxes. God wants us to be shrewd stewards. And how much of that income should you give back to Jesus? Uh, Are you shrewd about all that? Do you plan all that? Do you think about all that? Um, Is it, do you give nothing? 80% of God's people give nothing. 20% make the church work. It's always an 80-20 rule, and no matter what organization you have, 80% uh, do the managing, and uh, 20% 20 do the managing, 80% sit on the sidelines. So where are you at? Are you at 5%, 10%, 20%, more? Some of you give more than that. Some of you give more because you give out of your abundance. God has blessed you, and you are wealthy, and you do have an abundance, and you've managed well. And you've done what's right, and you give properly. Now, that's some of you. Some of you don't have a clue. Some of you don't have a clue how much you return to the Lord, and some of you, frankly, don't care. You just don't care how much you give. Well, the words in our text, then, we might say, well, that's not very shrewd. That's, that's not very prudent. 
not very wise. If this is you this morning, then thank God for our parable. Thank God for our shrewd steward who, get, who learned to be wise. Because if this shady fellow, this shifty guy, this dishonest manager could double down and earn praise from his master, how much more then can we, who have been praised by our heavenly master, Jesus, to serve him? We are blood-bought children of God. How much more we, who have been forgiven, purchased, not with gold or silver, but purchased with the precious holy blood of the Son of God, how much more should we be excelling, excelling at giving? How much more we who have been forgiven, we who have been redeemed, we, have been, we who have had someone die for us, be moved in our hearts, be, be moved to manage the good things that God has entrusted to our care and to take care of it and to do a good job of it with wisdom, with precision, with shrewdness. Thank God for the shrewd steward. He shows us how we're supposed to manage our things and how managing our stuff should look, the things that belong to God. And so he shows us, you know, that we, we, we are shown these four T's, the four T's of stewardship, time, treasure, talent, and temple. And when we, when we think about it, when was a shrewd manager most productive? For, when, we, when was he most productive? He wasn't productive before he got fired. When did he get productive? When he had nothing to lose. Well, I've got nothing to lose. Lost my job now. Might as well get productive. My friends, you've got nothing to lose. As Christians, as followers of Christ, we've got nothing to lose. Our sins have already been paid for. God has given us complete righteousness. He's made us His children. We've got nothing to lose except to put it on the line. I've got nothing to lose, he said, but everything to gain. And so he went out and was shrewd. I've got nothing to lose. I've got everything to gain. By serving the Lord, by being that faithful steward, that shrewd steward that God calls us to be. And beloved in the Lord, you need to understand that. When it comes to the Lord, you've got nothing to lose and everything to gain because Christ has given you everything. You have everything in Christ. He's given you His love. He's given you His kingdom. He's given you His Savior. He's given you His righteousness. He's given you His body. He's given you His blood. He's given you His resurrection in life. And, and we need to understand this truth. Money is not your master. Jesus is your master. Jesus is your master, and he's a merciful master. And he set you free to live for him. He set you free to serve him with your four T's, right? Your time, treasure, talents, and temple to serve him. He's made you brand new. And the new you is not a slave to money. The new you is not a slave to sin. The new you is not a slave to anything. You're not a master to anything because you have a master that is over everything. 
your Lord and Savior, Jesus Christ, your Heavenly Father, and the Holy Spirit who drives you and your attitudes. And He sets you free from all that. You've been set free from the burden of all that. He's made you brand new. And in Christ, that new you then learns how to be shrewd. That new you then says, I desire to start putting my affairs right. I desire to start making, being concerned about what I'm doing with my body. With this temple. With my talents, my treasures. And how I use my time for the glory of God. And how I use my body, my time, my treasures Uh, In my body, my time, my talents to make treasures for my Lord. Why? Because Jesus has given you everything. You've got nothing to lose. But invest in God and His kingdom. God loves you and He's given you everything. Money can't give you anything. Money can't bless you. God is the one who gives you money to bless you. Money can't bring eternal peace and joy. Money can't wash away sin. Money can't bring eternal life. Money can't give you a clean conscience. Jesus does, and Jesus did. And He'll continue to do so for you because you have a merciful Master. He's your Lord and Savior, and He gives you His mercy and grace. And that's why you have nothing to lose, but everything to gain. So as shrewd managers of God-abundant blessings, live recklessly for the Lord. Amen. And now may the peace of God that passes all understanding keep your hearts and your minds in Christ Jesus unto life everlasting. Amen.